Welcome to Live Greater, a health and wellness podcast brought to you by the University of Maryland Medical System. We put knowledge and care within reach so you have everything you need to live your life to the fullest. This podcast is sponsored by the University of Maryland Rehab Network. Pain can be a commonplace experience in our daily lives, from a paper cut to sore feet. Now, while these bumps and bruises heal on their own, what should we do about more persistent conditions, like back pain, that don't just go away with rest? We have some answers in this podcast. Physical therapist Lizzie Cavanaugh-Bellinger addresses how pain can become chronic, but how early treatment can keep pain from getting out of hand. Lizzie, so glad you're on today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We all know that any pain is uncomfortable, and most people probably think we would be better off if we didn't feel any pain. Would we? I think we would not. There's a lot of evidence, in fact, that we wouldn't from people with genetic conditions that make them not feel any pain who have really serious problems. And also, just from our everyday experience of pain being a way of our body giving us advice about how to change our behavior to help protect ourselves. You gave a few examples in the introduction. For example, if you get a paper cut, then you have a very acute sense of exactly where is that on my finger. It's easy to keep track of throughout the day because your nervous system is letting you know that there's pain in that area. So that will guide you to change your behavior. You may not use that hand to wash the dishes that day, or you may wear a glove while you're gardening because you know you need to protect those injured tissues, and that prevents an infection, which is a fantastic way for us to change our behavior to help protect our bodies. So in that case, the pain was a very useful piece of information. If you stub your toe while you're walking from the living room to the kitchen, it's a reminder that you need to pick up your foot when you cross that threshold If you don't do it next time, you might fall. So changing your behavior and allowing your nervous system to learn may prevent you from getting a worse injury. If your feet are sore at the end of the day, that may guide you to use different shoes when you do that task. So the pain is allowing you to make a choice that can prevent you from causing a worse problem that does cause injury to your tissues. The best thing about pain is that it's a warning that our tissues may be harmed, but pain actually starts before there is injury to our tissues, to our skin, to our bones, to our joints, so that we can make a change to prevent an injury. You want to know that your hand is on a hot surface before it burns your skin, not after. So your body gives you pain in order to warn you, look, you need to make a change so that you can prevent a serious injury from happening. So you have cleared that up, that it's a good thing that we feel pain. Thanks a lot. So, Lizzie, what's the difference then between acute pain and chronic pain? So acute pain is the type of pain that we've just described that has some kind of short-term cause, and it usually lasts for a short period of time. It resolves either with a change in your behavior, like you take your hand off the hot stove, or with healing of tissues that really were damaged, like in the example of the paper cut. Chronic pain is defined as pain that lasts for more than six months. And the thing that is so interesting about chronic pain is that it 
begins to take on a different mechanism than the acute pain that we so commonly experience. Acute pain has a pretty simple mechanism where there's something that happens to our body, pressure, a temperature change, or a little damage to our skin, then a neuron takes that signal to the brain and it's interpreted at the moment that it's happening. In chronic pain, other brain areas start to get involved in interpreting whether this pain signal is important and how much we should pay attention to it. The system can become very sensitive so that we feel pain more or more easily than we would in an acute condition. And this can make chronic pain really difficult to treat. This motivates us to try to catch acute conditions while they're still fresh so that we can help prevent those acute conditions from becoming these more complicated and more difficult to treat chronic pain conditions. So a pain goes from acute to chronic if we've had it for six months or so. You just mentioned we need to catch it in advance and prevent it from becoming chronic pain. How do we do that? Lots of evidence to show that most acute pain resolves on its own. If we're having pain that doesn't resolve, there's also actually a body of evidence to show how do we address that in a very general way. When people come to a provider and they say, I'm having pain that has not resolved, what they're looking for is for someone to be able to evaluate what's happening and diagnose the reason that they're having trouble, to hear what their values are and what they're looking to feel. I want to feel better. I want to be able to run. I want to be able to pick up my daughter. And then to give them some tips about what to do next. So most folks aren't looking for a treatment like medicine. Most people are looking to understand what's happening to their bodies. And that's so important to patients. And I think it can sometimes get lost in the shuffle from the side of the provider. We want to give our patients a treatment. And that gets them out of our office. And then they go and do what we've asked and they move on. But what patients really want from us is to understand what's happening to them. So the best thing a patient can do when they have pain that hasn't gone away on its own is find a trusted provider who they will trust to give them an accurate diagnosis and help them move towards treatment. It's important not to ask friends or family members for help with these conditions because somebody who has a pain that sounds similar to yours may have a completely different cause for that symptom than you do and the treatment may therefore be completely different. So the best course of action is to seek advice from a medical provider who is a person who you think will give you the best advice you can get regarding your symptoms. What about back pain? Back pain can be tricky. I think back pain is so difficult for regular everyday people to understand, primarily because you can't see your back. If you have a knee pain, you can look at your knee and say, oh, right, I have a scrape. Oh, no, it's red. It's swollen. It wasn't like that yesterday. Maybe I need to go and seek help. But with your back, if you have a problem with your spine, it's on the inside and it's behind you. If there was swelling in the joints, you would never be able to see it, nor can I see it from the outside if I have a patient who comes in with swelling in their joints. It takes an MRI to be able to see that that's happening. So it can be really tricky to figure out 
How serious is this problem I have with my back? How quickly must I act in order to prevent it from becoming worse? And I think back pain can be scary for people because it's a little more unknown, because it can be harder to self-diagnose. It can feel more dangerous. That sense of danger, I think, often leads people to seek types of care that may not be helpful, like surgery. Surgery is actually usually not advised for back pain. In fact, most people get better without surgery. But some folks will seek a surgical intervention because back pain sounds really scary to them. Or they have a friend or family member who ended up needing surgery for their back pain. So what should be that person's first recourse, especially since you just mentioned the tendency is to think, man, I've got to have surgery? Yeah, the first thing we want to do when we're trying to treat back pain is try to understand what caused it in the first place. For most people, there is some fairly innocent seeming underlying position or activity that caused the pain to start in the first place. I have seen a huge number of patients coming in in the last year with pain in their back that is related to their home office setup because they used to work on site in their company's office. And during the COVID-19 pandemic, they started working from home and no one helped them set up their office space. They just bought a chair or they sat at the kitchen counter and they created their own desk. And it maybe wasn't as ergonomically sound as the workstation that they had on site at their office. So looking at that setup and changing those parameters to suit their body better and put them in a better position sometimes is all they need to take away pain that started just from that. I've personally had the experience where, you know, if I am sitting at the dining room table and I bend to the floor to pick up the sock that my daughter dropped, that doesn't cause me any pain at all. But if I put the laundry basket beside me on the floor and pick up 50 items of clothing that are sitting on my left side over and over and over and over to fold them, by the time I get up, I'll have back pain. And if I had just set the laundry basket on the table or on a chair next to me instead of on the floor, I wouldn't have had to bend so many times and I wouldn't have had pain. So mm-hmm. using basic common sense to problem solve, where is this pain coming from? Can I remember what activity I was doing before this started? Or maybe I slept on my belly and I don't usually sleep in that position. Those are the types of things that by taking away the irritating factor, that can be enough to let the back naturally heal and move on its natural course. Some ways to problem solve those tasks at home are to start by moving tasks that you have to do every day up to your belly height. Think about countertop height. Your kitchen counters were designed to be three feet tall for a reason. Because unless you're unusually tall or unusually short, that's about the workspace that we like to be doing tasks in to prevent us from having pain. That is great information, especially clearing things up about back pain. Finally, any other takeaways for our listeners, just briefly on how to prevent pain from becoming chronic? One of my colleagues who treats chronic pain has used the word curiosity to describe how we usually successfully self-treat pain. And he says that in chronic pain, our curiosity diminishes. We become afraid of our pain and we stop wanting to move and understand it. And I, I recommend that idea of being curious. If you find that you're having pain, 
test it out, move around, try to figure out what's making it better and what's making it worse and make a plan for self-care. And when those things fail, seeking the advice of somebody you trust who is a medical provider or even a physical therapist can help move towards finding a treatment plan that would be most effective for you. Thank you so much. That was physical therapist Lizzie Cavanaugh-Bellinger. This episode is sponsored by the University of Maryland Rehabilitation Network, offering a full range of physical rehabilitation services. The UM Rehab Network brings together a committed team of experts from across Maryland to help patients recover from illness or injury, such as stroke, joint replacement, or traumatic injury. The University of Maryland Rehabilitation Network, bringing world-class, comprehensive rehabilitation services directly to your neighborhood. Find more shows just like this one at umms.org slash podcast. Thanks for listening to Live Greater, a health and wellness podcast brought to you by the University of Maryland Medical System. We look forward to you joining us again.